Welcome to The Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now here's Gary Smith. Good morning. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. Uh, it's great to be following uh, Al Kim and Rise and Shine. I've been uh, sitting here in the studio listening to the end of Al's program and uh, the great music and everything that uh, he has. So it perfectly stages us, uh, gives us a good jumping off point to start our show this morning. Uh, thanks to Zach Hutchinson for being here in the studio with me today. Uh, we have a lot of fun uh, together as he's uh, producing the show for us. Today is uh, Today's show is about Christianity and entrepreneurism. Uh, we've got a really fully packed show for you today. We're going to be talking with Roger Bush, who's a bright young Christian entrepreneur. I spoke with Roger a couple of weeks ago and recorded our conversation on a number of topics. Uh, so today we're going to hear from Roger on uh, a whole array of stuff, including things like entrepreneurship and the Bible, building a godly business, uh, seminar training, and being an entrepreneur. The family entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial spirit, uh, training children uh, to be entrepreneurs and leaving a legacy for them, uh, successes and failures, and uh, and taking on challenges that uh, that life presents. So this is a show you definitely don't want to miss. So please uh, please stick with us. Uh, we've got people listening from all over the country, from North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas, uh, Missouri, and even up into Canada. So this is your show, America. Uh, give us a call eight six zero five three two. 432-9735. Uh, text at 860-856-7193. Uh, email your questions to questions at optex.com. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to all of our shows, you can go to my website, optex.com, and find, you'll find links there to all of our previous broadcasts. Also, don't forget, uh, we have this week and next week uh, for our contest. If you call in or email in with a question, uh, your name gets thrown in a hat to uh, to win some free, uh, free stuff, a copy of one of my books or uh, or one of my CDs. So make sure that you, uh, uh, that you uh, call in or send an email in with your, with your questions. So with that, we're going to jump right into today's program. And so start off as, and listen as I introduce Roger and we begin our conversation for today. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. Uh, today we have a special guest, Roger Bush, and we're just glad to have him along for the ride today. Uh, Roger is a, a former U.S. Marine. So firstly, Roger, thank you so much for your service to our country. You have no idea how how much it means uh, to me and I'm sure to a lot of the people in our listening audience that, uh, that people like you were willing to sacrifice a number of years of your life to protect our country and keep us free. That's That's priceless. Thank you, my friend. You're most welcome. Um, Roger is uh, is a husband and a father of, of three. He's got uh, two boys and a girl. 
He's in his third year uh, as a seminary student, and Roger and I were talking uh, talking a little bit earlier, and he's really looking forward to uh, to completing his training. Uh, Roger's uh, a social media marketing and a project developer for a small construction company, and he loves internet marketing. He loves social media strategy and and podcasting. Uh, he's committed to lifelong learning. He loves to read, to learn, and teach. And, uh, and he is really interested in psychology and how it applies to, uh, to sales and marketing. Uh, Roger loves the Lord, and he's really focused on honoring him and his entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, he's actually, and I want him to talk about this a little bit, he's written and published a children's book uh, about teaching goal setting. And man, I think that's fabulous that we can do that at such an early age, begin training our kids. And he loves to challenge himself uh, and is interested in achieving you know, some really, really big goals in life. Uh, another interesting thing about Roger is that his wife is also an entrepreneur, and they're working on building the lifestyle that uh, that they want to enjoy and uh, and doing what they love. And so it's uh, it's really really cool. One of Roger's focal points is that uh, he believes that God wants Christian entrepreneurs to be successful, and he really wants to be part of of imparting the knowledge and the information that's required to to help entrepreneurs uh, achieve uh, achieve success. So Roger. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Well, thank you, Gary. First, I want to say thank you for what you're doing for the kingdom. And I'm truly humbled and appreciate an opportunity to be a guest on your show today. So thank you for having me. Cool. Well, with that, uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, and and I want to get your uh, your thoughts on a number of, of different subjects today. First of all, uh, from your perspective, talk a little bit about entrepreneurship in the Bible. Um, how do you see the two coming together? And, and what sort of wisdom do you think the Bible imparts uh, concerning being a successful business person? And, and maybe even more importantly, what kind of un- admonitions does it give us? Okay. Uh, The first thing that came to mind, Gary, was Deuteronomy 8 and 18. And it says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. You know, and that jumped out at me. I'm sure there's so many other things in the Bible that, you know, we could use to, to, to talk about entrepreneurship, Gary, but just the thought alone that my ability to create wealth is first and foremost, uh, God giving, God giving. And, and it also tells me that we all possess that ability, you know, but it comes from God and it's, it's God only and not our own intelligence. You know, we could sometimes get into our own pridefulness and ego and think that, you know, we're so smart and so bright and so intelligent that every success that we have is because of us. But, you know, this scripture just is a huge reminder for me that any ability I, I have as an entrepreneur comes from God and God first. You know, I think that is such a powerful lesson, Roger, that everything does indeed come from God. And when you look at uh, a number of the examples in the in the Bible, look at the people who achieved inordinate amounts of success in their lives, and yet it was because they were humble. It was because they, they realized that everything comes from God. Uh, you know, I forget where the, the where the chapter and verse is, but, you know, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all anyway. And he, you know, he gives it to those who are willing to honor and glorify him. 
Well, that, uh, that conversation starter with Roger is so powerful in realizing that everything that we have comes from God. So God's not just the source of our salvation. Uh, John 16 is one of my, uh, 3.16 is one of my uh, favorite verses in the Bible, but not for the reasons that you might think. Uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, we all know this verse because it is, in a nutshell, the message of God's love for us through the sacrificing of his Son. But I like the beginning of the verse, For God so loved the world that he gave. Our God is a giving God. He gives us grace. He gives us mercy. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us salvation. But he has also gifted us with the talents, skills, and abilities that we have. And I believe that God expects us to use our talents for his glory. There's an old saying that tells us that what I am is God's gift to me. What I become is my gift back to God. And that is so true. We need to be focused on how we can use our skills to glorify God and advance his kingdom, realizing that the business world is that it's a great marketplace and it's in need of so much help that we as Christian business people and entrepreneurs can can bring. So let's continue uh, talking with Roger as we talk a little bit about building a godly business. Yeah, I've often taught when we when we think about being a Christian entrepreneur, I've taught that the foundation of building a godly business contains really three elements. You know, first, you have to be a Christian. You have to have that personal relationship with Christ. But then you have to be called to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, or a CEO. And, and once you have that calling, you've got to be willing to acknowledge that call and, and pick up the baton and, and run with it. What are, you, are your feelings about that, Roger? Do you agree with that or not? Well, I have maybe some mixed answers. Uh, I do believe, Gary, that you must be a Christian um, to develop a godly business. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you don't acknowledge Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you don't have access to God. So therefore, how can you build a godly business? Okay. Okay. Entrepreneurship. I think uh, it's more of a decision than a calling. Um, In my case in particular, entrepreneurship, I didn't necessarily feel a sense of calling. Uh, I was laid off from a job unexpectedly. And I realized very quickly that I needed to figure out how to make some money. And that is what started my entrepreneurial journey. So I feel more like it was less of a call and more of a personal decision And then I believed that God would bless my entrepreneurial endeavors as long as I consulted him and stayed prayerful about it. Okay. So in some respects, then I hear hear where you're coming from there. So I guess maybe we could sum it up by saying that in some respects, there there are definitely people who are called uh, to to do things, but also... um, it comes down to a matter of sometimes maybe God looks at us and says, you know, you have the skills that I've given you. You decide how to apply those skills, whether you work for somebody else or whether you work for yourself. doesn't really matter to me. I'll bless whatever you do as long as you're honoring to me. Is that a fair summation, Roger? Yeah, I believe that's what it is, Gary. I mean, the same freedom of decision that we have to accept him as Lord and Savior is the same free decision that we have to take maybe these multi-million dollars ideas 
and act on them and make a decision to start a business. There are so many believers who are sitting on million dollar ideas right now, but are scared to take that plunge. They may feel a sense of calling, but ultimately they've made a decision to uh, stay in the security of maybe their full-time work versus going out and uh, taking the leap of faith to become an entrepreneur. Oh, cool. So we continue our conversation with Roger. Uh, By the way, this is your show. So give us a call if you have a question or a comment, 860-432-9735. Text at 860-856-7193. Email your questions to questions at optex.com. So don't forget to either call in or email in. Get your name in the hat for our drawing for one of my books or a CD at the end of the month. Uh, That's next weekend. Can't believe how the month of May has, has flown by. So in talking with Roger, we we talk about uh, becoming an entrepreneur and how it can involve a couple of things. Uh, It can be a distinctive call that God puts on your life, or it can be a conscious choice that you make either out of inspiration or desperation about how you're going to employ your talents and skills. Uh, But either way, it involves a decision either to take action or to follow God's calling. And I think some of the things we need to think about in this process are things like, where are your skills going to be best utilized? Uh, do you do you have any great ideas that may never get to the marketplace if you don't do something about them? I mean, Roger was talking about having the multi-million dollar ideas, uh, you know, for for products or services that the marketplace really needs, and and how do you go about doing that? But I think one of the thing the key things we need to talk about is: Do you have the heart and a true desire to be an entrepreneur? Because I think a lot of people look at entrepreneurs and they picture like a glamorous lifestyle. So they're enamored with that part of things, not realizing that working for yourself is a lot of hard work. It's long days. It's being the chief cook and bottle washer because you have responsibility for everything. And you also have to realize, too, that a large percentage of entrepreneurial startups fail. So you have to be prepared to deal with all of that. Now, please hear me loud and clear. I'm not trying to discourage anyone from taking the plunge if that's what they really want to do. But if you're going to do it, I want you to do it with your eyes wide open. This country needs a lot more entrepreneurs, especially Christian ones. But you have to make sure that you're up for the for the challenge. So next, we're going to talk to Roger about how his experience at seminary has impacted his desire to be an entrepreneur. So let's get back to our conversation. Another question that I had for you is, in in addition to being an entrepreneur, you're also a third-year seminary student. So I want you to talk a little bit about how those two kind of converge in your life. Is it, you know, I I know because you're a man of faith that you're also going to be a minister in the marketplace, but is is your seminary training primarily going to be used in your entrepreneurial efforts, or do you see yourself being involved in other ministries and missions after you graduate? Mm-hmm. You know what, Gary, one thing seminary taught me uh, about my relationship with God is that I really don't know as uh, uh, as much about him as th- that I thought I knew. You know, I I learn, I read, I write a lot. So it's made me a better critical thinker and a better writer, obviously. But there are a lot of things that I believed before entering seminary that I found not necessarily to be true. So in my entrepreneurship, you know, I try to keep God ahead of me because I really, I really don't know enough about him. And the 10% of my mind that he allows me to use, I try to explain and 
make predictions about an infinite God, right? So as far as entrepreneurship and seminary, um, I use my seminary experience to write and to create and to sell things as an entrepreneur and provide services as an entrepreneur. But ultimately in the marketplace, um, I walk the walk. You know, I, I don't necessarily minister everywhere that I go. I just try to exemplify all of the characteristics of Jesus Christ that I can by actually living it out in the business marketplace. You know, I think that's uh, that's that's critical. Um, as you were talking, there's a you know, I was listening to your to your words there, Roger. The the name that popped into my head was Paul. You know, uh, Paul was a tent maker, and wherever he went, you know, he he ministered. But at the same time, I think a lot of his ministry was done through his business. He would set up shop, he would do it, and that might not have been his his only motivation. I mean, by you know, because he talks about, hey, one of my goals in doing everything is I want to be able to pay my own way. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to go from place to place and be reliant upon others. But I'm sure that having a having a business, having that little storefront and and doing stuff, gave him a lot of opportunities for ministry. You know, and I think the combination of those two things for uh, for you are are going to be really powerful as you as you move forward. I hope so, Gary. You know, when I first started seminary, I believed that I was called to pastor. Um, And three years in, you know, once again, I recognized that I'm not sure what the Lord will have me to do. So I'm just kind of staying and remaining open to whatever he he decides to do with my life. Whatever doors he opens for me, I'll gladly walk through them. But as far as uh, predicting how seminary will be used in the kingdom and As an entrepreneur, I'm not 100% sure. I do know that podcasting and uh, some business functions will come as a result of my seminary experience. Oh, that's great. And that's, that's a great point right now where I can just ask the people in our listening audience to lift you up in prayer, Roger, as you get ready to finish seminary and as you're looking for, uh, for what God has next, that, he will, uh, that he'll open the right doors for you and he'll, uh, he'll push you in the right direction and that you'll be willing to do that. So we'll definitely put you on our prayer lists and, and keep you in our thoughts and prayers as, as things move forward. Thank you. So one of the key things I pick up on in in this segment is how Roger's seminary training has equipped him to be a better businessman. He's learned to be a more critical thinker. He's become more creative, and he's developed his writing skills. And all of those things are so important in building any kind of a successful business. So I guess the question I want to ask is, what about you? What skills have you developed over the years that you may not even realize that you have? And how can they be used in the creation of your own business? How many of you would think that uh, that the skills acquired by attending seminary would help create some critical business skills that would be really, really useful? So really stop <clears throat> and take a take an inventory of what's going on in your life and and really look at the skills that you have because most of us, if we dig deep enough, find that we have, have hidden skills or hidden passions that we really haven't tapped into. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk to Roger about the family entrepreneurial spirit. So stand by. We'll be right back. It's the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500, and we're staying on track on the next sports spectrum. 
Author and racing analyst Brad Winters will join us, and we'll even take it to the NASCAR side of things as we visit with driver Michael McDowell. Staying on track, next time on Sports Spectrum. Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock, right here on Life Changing Radio. You know, I've owned this company for a long time. I love what I do, but things keep getting more and more challenging. Taxes, the economy, global competition. They're coming together in a way that may put me out of business if I don't find a better, more cost-effective way of doing things. Businesses are struggling more today than at almost any time in our history. Problems with our national economy, uncertainties in Washington, and the global political situation are keeping many companies from taking action and moving forward. I'm Gary Smith, and I'm in the business of helping companies survive and grow. From cost reduction and productivity improvement to new product introductions and market penetration, I can help you drive your business in the right direction. Call me at 203-599-1467 or email me at gary at for your free, no-obligation consultation. Possible thunder around this afternoon through evening across the Connecticut Valley. The air mass still humid enough to support such activity. Near 70 this afternoon, low to mid-50s tonight. A bit drier tomorrow, more in the way of sunshine. Still a risk of a late day or evening thunderstorm as an air mass change is expected by then. Low to mid-70s, mostly sunny, warm, and dry near 80 Monday. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. All right. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show here on Saturday morning. Glad you're along for the ride. Uh, we've been talking with uh, with Roger Bush, uh, who's a former Marine, uh, a father and a husband, and uh, <clears throat> he's a, a third-year seminary student and also an entrepreneur. And we're going to pick up the conversation with him talking about uh, the family entrepreneurial spirit and how that has impacted him and his abilities as an entrepreneur. So let's go back to our conversation with Roger. Um, you also... Uh in conversation that we had before, you mentioned that your wife uh, has also got the entrepreneurial spirit. Tell us a little bit about her and what she does. Yes, my wife, as I like to refer to her uh, in the most loving way, she's an entrepreneurial monster. I mean, she has the drive and the dedication and the motivation that just never ends, you know, and that goes back to uh, something we touched on in our interview together, Gary. She loves what she does. She's a fashion and style blogger and expert. So she loves anything beauty and fashion. It wakes her up in the morning and it keeps her up late at night. And I actually have to stop her from working every now and then because she just can't shut it off. Oh, that's, uh, you know, I, I guess that that uh, that sword cuts two ways because you can overdo it a little bit. But it, but to me, uh, to see someone who who really loves what she does and has a real passion for it, uh, that's got to be a tremendous blessing for you to have that kind of energy in your household. Absolutely. It gives me the confidence. It gave me the confidence, Gary, to really start doing what I was interested in, what I love to do. And that's anything technology and social media and marketing and sales and psychology. And she said to me one day, she said, you know what, why don't you just write a book? And my first thought was, wow, you make that sound really easy, but you know, where would I start? And, uh, you know, it's as simple as that, Gary, you know, the Lord just revealed to me, he said, hey, all of the information that you have in your head and the passion that you have for it will naturally shine through in your writing. 
you know, so she's great for me as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's uh, I went through a similar situation with my uh, with my first book. Uh, my first book was actually a talk that I had given for probably 10 years before it actually went in print. And there's a friend of mine who's a sales trainer over in the UK. And uh, a year ago, this past January, we were on the phone talking with each other. And I told him about the idea that I had and the talk that I'd been giving. And he said, well, why don't you write a book? Just do it. And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know where to begin. I don't even know how to start. I've never done a book or anything like that. I don't know if my ideas are any good. And I gave him a list of excuses as long as my arm. And he said, listen, write the manuscript and I'll take care of the rest. And wow. and that was it. And then six months after I published that book, I wrote my second book and I wrote it in less than 30 days just sat down and did it. And so it's one of those things where, again, I guess it, it gets to the energy and the confidence level that we have. And once you jump that hurdle and you get over it and it's like, okay, you know, I did that, then the next one is really pretty easy because you understand that you do have the capability to do it. Absolutely. I think most people, you know, they get so caught up in the fear of writing and putting it out there for the world to judge and to possibly criticize. But man, really, once you start writing, it it's sometimes difficult to stop you know i'm like you i could take 30 days and i could crank out a book you know in no time but i guess really if it's god given if he's inspiring you and really pushing you to do it then it's gonna come you just have to sit down and start it yeah amen amen to that so the operative words from from our conversation are things like drive dedication motivation and loving what you do uh Question for you, do you love what you do so much that you hate stopping at night? Is it something that gives you joy and the desire to create more and more and to help others? Uh, it's really neat how the energy and motivation from Roger's wife gave him confidence to do what he needed to do, in, including writing his first book. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes here. But what's holding you back? What are you afraid of? What's keeping you from becoming all that God intends you to be? A number of years ago, I heard an interesting definition of the word hell. Now, we all know that hell is a place reserved for Satan and his minions and all those who don't believe in Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior. But in practical terms, I heard a speaker say that another definition of hell is the person you are one day meeting the person you could have become. Now, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? I want you to mull over this particular segment with Roger because next week we're going to be joined by Stephanie Callahan, uh, the founder of Callahan Solutions, and we're going to be talking about limiting beliefs, things that keep us from achieving all that we can, and how to rid ourselves of those, of those beliefs. So I promise you it's a show you don't want to miss. Now we're going to shift gears in our discussion with Roger and focus on a real specific business-related topic. So those of you who are entrepreneurs or business owners, perk up your ears and listen, because we're going to talk about the impact of social media on our businesses. Um, you know, we, you were talking about social media, and social media is something that I struggle with because, in my opinion, it's one of the most uh, misunderstood and misapplied concepts in the business world today. And yet it's something that all of us who are business people need to have some level of expertise and involvement with if we're going to successfully promote our businesses, our products, our services. So do you have you know, maybe two or three suggestions for our list, listeners um, that you would kind of call maybe social media 101, uh, maybe some simple things that they can do to have an effective start in social media? 
Yeah, Gary, wow, where do I start? You know, there's so much to learn about social media. Many people think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a tool to sell, and it really isn't. It's a tool to communicate. You know, and one of the most difficult things that I had to realize is that I didn't know much about sales and marketing. So I began using all of these social media platforms with absolutely no idea about what I was really doing. So my suggestion would be to first, you know, start by solving a problem. What problem are you going to solve for your customer or potential customers? Uh, number two, clearly identify the type of person that you're going to solve that problem for. It's then and only then that you can start to sift through the millions of people that are on social media and filter out who might actually be uh, who might actually become a potential client of yours. And then the third, Gary, of my the third step of my social media 101, I would suggest that you know they post free information on their website that's related to the problem that they're going to solve, and then direct people to their website to find out more information about how to best solve their problem. You know, so social media is not a tool to sell. It's a tool to kind of uh, take your customers on a journey from where they are currently congregating back to a place where you can actually help them address and po possibly solve some more deeper issues that they're struggling with right now. Okay, that's really, really good advice, Roger. Uh, I know the, I've, I've heard the... Uh the statistics thrown around that when you're in social media, uh, so much of the time, especially on places like Twitter, you know, people will be out there and they'll be saying their basic message. Every, every, almost every post that they have is buy, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, you know, buy for me, do business with me. And, uh, one of my friends who's a, a marketing guy said, you know, it needs to be 80% content and 20% asking. You have to, you know, you have to have that thing skewed so you're really focused on adding value to the social media and creating a presence out there that says, you know, hey, Roger Bush is an expert at what he does. He's a subject matter expert. And then when you get the 10 or 15 or 20 percent of the time that says, hey, by the way, in case you're interested, I've got a book out there. Here's where you can find it. Uh, you know, people that makes it much more palatable for people and it generates interest because they already know who you are. Absolutely. I mean, think about how you feel when you receive pushy sales messages from other people, especially on Twitter. You know, it's just a simple post. Hey, I'm a writer. I'm an author. Here's my book on Amazon. Buy it. Well, why, why should we read your book? Why should we pay you for it? You know, what are you actually doing for me? So there's quite a bit of thought and effort that goes into creating a sales campaign and a social media strategy that'll help convert, you know, people from being interested in what you have to purchasing what you have. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I think one of the one of the problems that we face as well is that there are so many people out there who really claim to be social media experts and they aren't. You know, they're just people who, you know, like the internet, but they really don't have the background and haven't taken the time to think it through and develop the effective strategies like you obviously have. And knowing what the basics are and, and knowing that there's certain things that you have to do consistently all the time if you want to create an effective online presence. Absolutely. I think there's two aspects to being successful as an entrepreneur on uh, social media platforms. One, you, you can never forget that you're dealing with real people with real problems. Right. And number two is how are you going to help them? How are you going to help them? It's not necessarily about the money. It's about really helping them to overcome whatever issue that they have. So if you keep focused on those two things, 
the sales and the conversions will come. Exactly. It gets uh, back to what we were talking about in our earlier interview, and that is that, you know, the the money is not a product, it's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of the service that you render to your marketplace. And when you're adding value uh, to people's lives, the money will be there, you know, as a result of the value that you add. Mm-hmm. Now, Gary, you said something really important. You mentioned that we need to provide 80 percent of value. We need to give more than we're we're, we're asking for. And a lot of people, they don't agree with that, but that's just the culture of social media. You have to give away an abundance of information for free before someone is actually interested in doing business with you. But there's a fine line because on the other end, if you don't learn how to sell and market on social media, you won't make any money. You know, so for the person who needs to feed their family, you have to get really serious about learning the skills and the information necessary to be successful on social media and online. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree completely. So when you stop and think about social media, social media is an extension of your business. And when we look at our businesses, I mean, every business, whether it offers products or services, when you're thinking about uh, developing a new product, that product has to solve a problem for someone. And so you have to know what problem you're trying to solve and who you're solving the problem for, who that target market is going to be. But in the social media world, we have to we have to post free information related to the problems that we're solving and point people always point people back to a central point. And for most of us, that central point is our website. And social media is not so much about a, not so much a selling tool as it is a tool to take potential customers on a journey from where they are to where they can be as a result of what you offer. So social media is a way to add value, and it's part of creating a presence in the marketplace. You have to create value and establish yourself as a subject matter expert, and then and only then do you earn the right to ask people to look at your products and services. You're dealing with real people and real problems, as Roger said. So you have to ask yourself, how are you going to help them? It's not about the money. It's about adding value to their lives and their businesses. And if you do that consistently, then the money's going to be there as a byproduct of of what you do. You have to give free content before you ask, before you ask anybody to do anything. But you also have to learn how to effectively do that ask to sell your products and services, because if you don't, you're going to starve. You're going to be putting a lot of information out there, but you're not going to be getting anything in return for that information. And in a few weeks, we're going to be talking with uh, Joe Sikowskis of JC Marketing Communications about the concept of 360-degree marketing and how social media can can play an effective part of your overall marketing strategy. Earlier in our conversation with Roger, he mentioned that he has written a book uh, for children about goal setting. So we want to spend a few minutes talking with him about that. Let's shift gears here, Roger, and talk a little bit about your book. You publish a children's book on goal setting. Uh, tell me some uh, what you know. Tell me some stuff about that. What motivated you to do it? Uh, what kind of feedback have you gotten? And how can our listeners get a copy for their kids? <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty funny looking back over the last nine years of my life. Uh, like I said, I got laid off and I, I started the entrepreneurial journey. And I created several businesses, and they all made money, Gary. I've always made money, but never enough to fully support myself. So it was just enough to know that, hey, I'm on to something, and I'm smart enough to do it. But man, why don't they ever work out? 
And then over the years, I just endured so many failures and losses, you know, uh, gone through a divorce. And I just had it. I had a conversation with the Lord and I said, okay, Lord, you love me. I believe you want me to be successful in business. Why aren't these businesses working? And it just came to me as clear as day that I was missing information. And that information that I didn't have, Gary, was goal setting. And once I learned goal setting and I started to really do some mind mapping, you know, I know, I know you use that yourself, started using goal setting and NLP is neuro linguistics programming. And it's a more advanced technique of goal setting. And I got into that and it just really, really lit me up. I understood it. And I started playing around with that, Gary, and I started to get some major things done in life. And that is actually what helped me to write that first book was that, hey, if goal setting did so much for me in my life, then why aren't I teaching my children these skills? You know, I don't want them to, to spend 10, 15 years making the same mistakes that I did or not achieving success in life because they didn't have this skill. So I put it in a book in a story form that was easily digestible and taught children how to set goals. Excellent. Excellent. Where uh, where can people get the book? Um, they can get it on Amazon.com. You can just search for Success Kids, Roger's New Bike, or just go, uh, search my name, Roger Bush. And that is the first of actually three books so far. When I wrote the first book, the Lord just gave me three more stories. So the longest part of that process is, of course, the illustration and getting that done. But the first book, uh, Success Kids book, Goal Setting, Roger's New Bike, is available on Amazon.com. Excellent. Excellent. You know, and that is that is so critical. Um, and, and I think you and I are perfectly aligned in our thoughts on this, because I think that one of my it's not just a desire. I think it's one of the obligations that I have is to leave a legacy to my children. And, and a lot of people look at a legacy uh, from the standpoint of, well, you know, you need to leave money to your kids and, you know, and some sort of a financial inheritance. And, and I'm not saying I don't believe that that's important. I do. But I think that more than anything else, if I can leave a legacy for my children that says, here's what dad has learned through the course of his life. Here's the wisdom that I've learned. Here's the failures that I've made, the mistakes that I've made, and what I've learned from doing that. Please don't make the same mistakes. <laughs> right. You know, that, that that becomes something that's powerful and it's something that they can hang on to because it really at a at a base level defines who we are as as men and as Christians. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't really afford to just leave an inheritance to people who don't know how to manage it. So I'm trying to impart into my children the skills and the information necessary for them to generate wealth, you know, because after they spend the money, if they squander it, then where does that leave them if they don't know how to generate wealth and invest and develop the skills and talents necessary to earn money? Yeah, well, that's very true. Uh, as you were saying that, I was thinking of uh, Dave Ramsey. Uh, Dave Ramsey's a you know is a mentor of mine, uh, and a very very he's a Christian guy who's a real financial guru. But one of the famous things that he talks about when he is uh, dealing with people who have children who are not being responsible with money is he says, "I don't leave money to stupid people." <laughs> wow. 
you know, you, you just can't do that. You know, you have to, re- you know, and, and the, the problem with most situations is, is that the reason the kids are stupid is either because the parents are stupid or because the parents never pass the knowledge on to them to teach them how to live successful lives. And, you know, as Benjamin Franklin said, you know, the greatest way to create, there are two ways to create wealth. One is to make more money and one is to spend less money. But the easiest way to get wealthy is to do both. Mm-hmm. So if you know how to make money, if you have the skills, as you're saying, that you've imparted to your kids so that they have the ability to generate wealth, but at the same time, they're responsible with how they handle that money and how they invest it and they don't squander it, then you get the best of both worlds. Right. I absolutely love um, being a seminary student and an entrepreneur because at the age of 39, you know, I want the best for my kids. So while I'm pushing them to be entrepreneurial and pushing them to give their all in school and in their academics, they get to see me live it out as well in my own life. Yeah. And that's the best example they can get is to see their father live it out. So again, if you're interested, if you have young children who are at the age where they're teachable, uh, feel free to go to Amazon and uh, and pick up Roger's book. It's called Success Kids, Roger's New Bike. And it's really, really powerful uh, as we think about teaching kids about goal setting at a very, very young age. Um, also, Roger talked about a couple of other concepts. We don't have time to deal with them today, but uh, he talked about mind mapping, and he also talked about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. If you have any questions about that, please feel free to email me, uh, questions at optex.com, and I'll be happy to uh, <clears throat> to give you some more information on that. Uh, but it is important that we talk just briefly about leaving a legacy for our children. We can't leave an inheritance to people who don't know how to manage it. Uh, I mean, how many times have uh, have many of you seen a situation where mom or dad started a business and they built the business up and they became wealthy and then they passed it off to a son or a daughter who just squandered it uh, because they they weren't taught the right kind of principles? And it's not just a matter of leaving a financial legacy. I think, as Roger and I were talking about, it's so important to leave a legacy to our children that lets them know the things that are uh, important to us in life, uh, the lessons that we have learned as a result of our successes and sometimes, more importantly, our failures. Uh, those are things are, that are very, very critical, I think, in making sure that we raise our children properly and that we equip them uh, to live better, more successful lives in the world. We're going to take another quick break. Break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking to Roger about his search for success. Grow a garden? It's rough work, and the same principles that apply to a vegetable garden also apply to your soul. To produce an abundant harvest, we have to plant good seeds at the proper time. This week, James McDonald digs deeply into God's Word to explain what he calls the laws of the harvest. It's a farmer's almanac for your soul. This week on Walk in the Word. You're walking the Word with Pastor James McDonald, weekday afternoons at 1230, here on 1550 AM WSDK. My organization asked me to find a speaker for one of our major events. I didn't know where to turn until a friend recommended that I contact Gary Smith. Gary was easy to work with and affordable. He designed and delivered an amazing program that met all of our needs. This is Gary Smith. If you're looking for a speaker who will entertain, educate, and inform your audience, 
Call me at 203-599-1467 to discuss your specific requirements. I speak on a wide range of business, personal development, and spiritual topics, and I'll create a program that is guaranteed to please. Again, I'm Gary Smith, and I look forward to your call. 203-599-1467. The air mass gradually turns warmer and drier over the long weekend. A shower or a thunderstorm possible toward evening across the Connecticut Valley near 70 this afternoon, low to mid-50s tonight. Some sunshine for tomorrow, possible thunder late the air evening with the warmer air pushing northward, low 70s. Mostly sunny, warm, and dry near 80 by Monday. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. All right. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show. Um, We've been talking today with Roger Bush, and we're going to continue our conversation. We've got a couple of more segments we're going to be dealing with. The next segment we're going to talk with Roger about is his search for success, how he approached it, and some of the results that he's seen. So let's jump right in and get back to our conversation. Now, you also, in addition to writing, you also have a, a podcast that's available uh, on iTunes. Uh, tell us a little bit what, what you're doing there and uh, you know, how, how people can plug into that and be able to benefit from the knowledge and the teaching that you're imparting. Well, in my desperate search for the knowledge and information that I didn't have, you know, wanting, of course, to be a successful entrepreneur, I just knew I was missing a whole lot of stuff, Gary. And, you know, I just started searching. I started listening to other podcasts and reading personal development books. And I I would just consume whatever I could get my hands on because I knew the answer was out there somewhere. And it was through my listening of all of these different podcast shows that I, I decided to experiment with it. And when I recorded my first podcast, I was hooked. I was hooked. It wasn't necessarily the best podcast. The sound quality was was a little poor. But man, my first guest was amazing. I couldn't ask have asked for a better first guest. And, you know, I learned GarageBand. I learned the software. I learned how to how to edit in like 48 hours. So it all came so naturally to me. It just clicked. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to record a podcast that speaks directly to the Christian entrepreneur because the world operates by their own set of standards, but we operate by biblical principles. And as well, we deal with failure, struggle, small victories, huge losses, big victories, huge losses, (laughs) you know, the roller coaster ride of uh, emotions on your entrepreneurial journey. And I wanted to just have something that speaks specifically to Christian entrepreneurs who have those same ups and downs, but can be encouraged by other people who are on the same journey. Ah, that's fabulous. And that's, uh, that is a, a goal worthy of 100% of, uh, of your effort to, to get it out there, because um, there are a lot of Christian entrepreneurs uh, who, as you said, are struggling, you know, and they need that hand up, they need the, the ability to learn. And, and let's be, be honest about it. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who aren't Christians who need to be. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We hope we win them through our shows. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing is to, you know, is to teach them just how joyful it is to be, you know, to be doing business according to God's principles. It's, you know, it's just, uh, and it's amazing to me, the number of successful entrepreneurs out there who do get that. Uh, One of my other mentors is a fellow named Jim Rohn. And I remember listening to him at a conference and he was taking questions from the audience. And and one of the gentlemen who was sitting near the front of the audience asked him, said, Jim, if you had to to pick one book that you would recommend that I read, 
you know, that would help me to be a, a much more effective businessman, what book would that be? And Jim looked at him and said, the Bible. Mm-hmm. He said, the Bible's got it all. And he said, it's not so much that it's going to teach you how to do your business. It's going to shape your heart and your mind in the way you need to do business. You know, and, and when you look within the scriptures, there's just so many good lessons there that we can, you know, that we can learn. Uh, you know, it's just, it's really, it's really, really powerful. So uh, I'm glad to see that you've got the podcast going on and that you're reaching out to people. And I'm trying to do the same through, you know, through my show. Uh, and we'll, we'll get them one person at a time. We'll bring them along. Awesome. So one of the key things we've talked about here is is a search for knowledge. And in some of our previous shows here, we have talked about both the, the need for lifelong learning and then sharing what we learn with others. And there are two key ways that you can learn. The first is by learning it yourself, either by studying and applying what you learn or by trial and error and learning from the mistakes that you'll make in that process. But the other way is by plugging into people like Roger who have knowledge, skills, and experience that you don't have and learning from them and the mistakes that they've made so that you don't make the same mistakes. Many people know uh, I know have mentors, they have accountability partners, they have mastermind groups, and all of these types of people and groups help, uh, they function to help you learn, they function to help you accomplish, and they help keep you on the right track and keep you focused on what you've identified as your, as your most important goals in life. Well, we have one final segment with Roger, and we're going to talk in this segment about Uh, doing the difficult, taking on some of the big challenges. So here's our wrap-up with Roger Bush. One more question for you, Roger, and that is that um, uh, you talk about how you love doing difficult things and pursuing and achieving huge goals, and and that really seems to go against the grain of what many folks are, are doing today. So from your perspective, how do we get people to stretch themselves and, and to gain the confidence uh, that they need to have to say, I can achieve more with my life? I think uh, they will be encouraged by seeing other Christian entrepreneurs stretch themselves and struggle for more and to do better, bigger and better things. You know, it was uh, Jim Rohn and his seminar, The Power of Ambition, that just really stuck with me. And he asked simply, you know, what would happen for you if you simply stretch yourself, if you gave it your all? What would your life really be like? And I think as Christians, you know, that's that's the same question that we need to answer. What would your life be like if you just stretched yourself? What would you have? Where would you be? You know, we serve this big, abundant God, yet we live such small, mediocre lives. That didn't match up to me. Made no sense. So I understood, Gary, that if I stayed up late nights writing papers, if I sat down and locked myself in for 30 days to write a book, if I spent hours on end listening to podcasts and learning how to record and edit shows, if I put myself out there on the line and posted on iTunes for the world to judge, you know, what could happen for me? What could happen for me? So, you know, that kind of just sparked that, that movement within myself to, you know what? I deserve more. I can do more. You know, God has made me to achieve more than what I have right now. And, and no matter how big my successes have been up until this point, they are nothing in comparison to what I could do if I really, really put myself out there and follow God. 
You know, I, I think that's right on target, Roger. Um, I remember listening to a CD by uh, Bruce Wilkinson, who's the head of uh, Walk Through the Bible Ministries. And then he said that, uh, this was going back, I think, four or five years ago, he said that God had impressed upon him something. And so he said, I got my board of directors together, and he said, I want to share a vision with you. And he said, my vision is this, that I believe that God wants us to have sound, biblical-based Bible teaching within walking distance of every person on the planet within 15 years. And he said, one of, my, one of the members of my board looked at me, and he said, how can we possibly do this? And he said, I looked at him and said, we possibly can't. But he said, you know what? I don't believe that God is walking the halls of heaven saying, man, I would really like to see this goal accomplished, but I just don't have the money. Mm-hmm. And so realizing, as you said, that we serve a powerful God, he can, he can accomplish anything that he wants to. Mm-hmm. And if we will just trust him and serve him, he can open up our minds and give us the ability and the desire to go out and, and, as you said, be so much more than we are today. Sure, sure. I think we just have to change the way we think about God and what we think about God. You know, I believe he wants us all to be successful. So for us to not achieve the success that we believe our God wants for us means that there's a shift that needs to occur within ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Roger, we've come to the end of our time, but I thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. God bless you, my brother, and we'll look forward to staying in touch and having you back on the show uh, at some point in the future. Well, thank you very much, Gary, for having me. It's awesome, awesome to know you. Um, I appreciate it, and I do hope to talk with you again soon in the future. Okay. God bless. We'll stay in touch. All right. God bless you, Gary. So, you know, stop and think about it. If we really serve a powerful God, what can happen if you do versus what will happen if you don't? On my way up to the studio today, I was listening to a a CD by my friend Phil Jones, and that was one of the things that he was talking about is the actions that we take. As an example, he was saying, if you're going to go in and you're going to make a sales call to someone, uh, wouldn't it be worth the time to check out and see if you can find them on LinkedIn uh, to get to know something a little bit about them before you go into a meeting? And he said, well, a lot of people will say, but yeah, but not everybody's on LinkedIn. And he said, yeah, that's true, but you're never going to find out if you don't look. And it's the same types of things where where we have to ask ourselves, what's going to happen if we do? The worst thing that's going to happen is that we find something that doesn't work and we have to start over again. You know, that's fine. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. But we need to change the way we think about God and what he can do in and through us. Um, How to find Roger. Uh, Roger runs an organization called Entrepreneurs by Faith, and you can find him at ebfaith.com. You can find him on Twitter at at Roger A. Bush, and you can also email him at ebfaithpodcast at gmail.com. Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about obstacles to success, overcoming limiting beliefs and visibility blocks. Our special guest is going to be Stephanie Callahan, who works with purpose-driven entrepreneurs, visionaries, and all sorts of remarkable people who are experts in their fields to leverage their brilliance and get their message out uh, with power, grace, and ease. So join us next week for The Gary Smith Show. Thanks to Roger Bush, uh, Bush for being with us today. God bless you for the rest of this Memorial Day weekend and throughout the coming week. Live your life with passion.
Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.